Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of my new podcast series, Ask Me Anything. If you were listening last week, I discussed my new men's group, The Council, and Ask Me Anything is one of the benefits of that group. Members of The Council have access to a form where they can submit questions for me to answer on the show. This is an exclusive benefit for Council members, and I'm really excited about this. One of the things I love most is dialogue, is interacting with ideas and with people. So Ask Me Anything episodes give me the chance to do that with members of the Council, and also their questions can benefit you. If you want to learn more about the council, you can go to renofmen.com slash council, and that's C-O-U-N-C-I-L, and you can learn more about the group. There are other benefits like daily Bible studies, guest lectures, audience access while I record my podcasts, and much more. So again, go to renofmen.com slash council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L, although if you go to C-O-U-N-S-E-L, like counselor, it'll take you to the same place. And you can check out more information about the group and register, and we can get you added right away. So the first question that I want to tackle and ask me anything is an important one that I get throughout social media, on Instagram, in my DMs, through email, and then also on Twitter, and from men and women in general. And the first big question is, Will, how can I find a church? Now, it's also really important that I answer this question for one big reason. I am not your pastor. No matter what you do, no matter how much content you consume, listening to my podcast, listening to YouTube videos, reading books, etc., none of those substitute for the shepherding that a pastor in a church can do for you. So please don't use this podcast or use anything else I do as a substitute for actually coming under the covering of a church. Now, this applies to both men and women, and that's very, very important. Both men and women need shepherding in their lives. I certainly need shepherding in my life. And while I've learned so much from the content that I've consumed on YouTube and Twitter and all the different sources, none of it comes close to what I can gain from being part of a community of believers, from being with people in person, gathering in worship, singing songs, listening to sermons, and becoming part of a collective fellowship and building bonds of brotherhood with my fellow believers. So please take this question as my encouragement to get out there and find a church to start going to once a week. If you can, even get involved. Serve the church in whatever way you feel called. Look for a need and fill it. As grateful as I am that you're listening to this podcast, if it means you can't listen to my full episodes because you're busy participating in your church, praise God and hallelujah. I mean this very, very seriously, which is why I'm addressing this question first so that I can help you find a church that meets your needs. So there's actually a couple different parts to this question. The first question is, how do I go about finding a church? How do I locate a church that aligns with my beliefs, that has good values, and that's in my neighborhood, or even in my town, or my city, or my country, depending on where you are in the world? And then the second question is, how do I vet a church? How do I make sure that this is the right place for me? So I'm going to tackle both of those questions separately, because it's not just enough to find the place you have to find out if this is a faithful place. Because what I don't want you to do is find a church that looks good and sounds good and has all the right music and production, and then you discover six months or a year or a couple years down the line, they're going woke. I did hear a quote recently, I think it was from Doug Wilson on one of his talks, that any organization that isn't actively anti-woke is in the process of becoming woke. And the same is true for churches. So I want to make sure that you can find a good and faithful church and you know the right questions to ask 
when you sit down to find out whether it aligns with the values that you hear me talking about here on the Renaissance of Men and the best practices of the Reformed Christian faith. And so I want you to know that's also the perspective that I'm speaking from. I'm sure that I have a lot of Eastern Orthodox listeners, and I'm sure that I have a few Roman Catholic listeners, maybe more than a few. And as you've probably guessed at this point, I'm Reformed, I attend a Baptist church, and I can speak about Reformed theology. In fact, I love speaking about Reformed theology, but I'm not going to do that here and frame it as a sort of debate between denominations. I'm simply going to advocate for Reformed Christian churches, and then separately we can have a conversation about the differences between Reformed theology, Eastern Orthodoxy, and Roman Catholicism. I'm not going to tackle that here. I am going to advocate for all of my listeners to find a Reformed Christian church, and maybe if you'd like to join the council and submit a question, I can speak about Roman Catholicism as well. But I want you to know that I regard you guys as brothers in Christ, so let's not get into that right now. So let's start the question with, how can I find a good Reformed Christian church? The best resource that I've found for it is CREC Churches. That stands for the Communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches. And you can find that website linked in the show notes. It's crechurches.org. On the right-hand side of the homepage, you can search by country, state, city, or even presbytery for a Reformed Evangelical Church near you. This is the first resource that I would direct people to. Another one that people have recommended to me is Nine Marks, and you can also find that in the show notes. Now, I went through the Nine Marks website because I hadn't heard of them before, and I find that there's a little bit of a disagreement, or perhaps even a large disagreement, with some of the tenets of Christian nationalism. So if you listen to this podcast, you'll know that I and many of my guests are in favor of Christian nationalism pretty vocally. Nine Marks is not aligned with that, but there are many faithful Christians that aren't quite aligned as well. So that could be another resource to look into. If, for example, you go to crechurches.org and you can't find something near you, perhaps there's another resource listed at ninemarks.org. And then, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Southern Baptist Convention. You can go to churches.sbc.net, and it says on the website right there, find a church, more than 50,000 churches and congregations taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to every town, every city, every state, and every nation. So right there, you immediately have three resources you can go to, CREC Churches, Nine Marks, and the Southern Baptist Convention to find a good church in the Reformed Christian faith. Now, there might be more resources, there might be details about some of these that I'm not totally familiar with, but this is just a starting point so that you can find options that are available to you in your local area. Apologia attends the Southern Baptist Convention. I know many people who are part of CREC Churches I know the name Al Moeller, who has a very popular podcast, who writes for Nine Marks. So I think all of these will share pretty solid theological grounding and will be good places for you to start. Because the second step for finding a church near you is learning how to vet a church. Now, I'll tell you about the process that I went through when I was vetting the first church that I went to. This is before I discovered Apologia. I became Christian in September of 2020, as many of you know. And so I was immediately like, well, I guess I better start going to church. Now, this is during the height of COVID, but I figured there were probably a few things that I could rely on that would indicate to me whether a church was good or not. One of the key things for me was, does this church have a statement about LGBTQ? I mean, there wasn't anything yet about COVID or vaccines or anything like that. That wasn't really happening. But I had a sense of what was going on in culture even before I got baptized. So I knew that if I was going to find a church that was faithful, it was going to be a church that had a statement about transgenderism, 
LGBTQ, abortion, etc. So that's the first thing that I went looking for. And so when you find a church through whichever website you choose, usually that church will have a website associated with it. And if you go to the website, you can often find a statement of doctrine, a statement of faith, something like that in the navigation. It'll say a statement, and it'll say very, very clearly what their beliefs are related to a number of theological issues. Now, depending on where you are in your journey as a Christian, some of the theological doctrines, for example, related to the Trinity, stuff like that might not necessarily be familiar to you, but looking for a statement on culture, I think, will be the first and most important thing to look for. Not that theological issues aren't important. Of course, they're crucial, but I I don't want to recommend to you that you study the doctrine of the Trinity first before you find a church to go to. Ideally, you should go to the church first, and the church will teach you the doctrine of the Trinity, and the same churches that are strong on the doctrine of the Trinity, and there are many other doctrines as well, will probably be pretty strong on cultural issues. So that's what I did, is I went looking for statements at the churches to find out what they believed about these cultural issues that were swallowing up America. And my thought at the time was, if I could find a church that would speak very clearly about transgenderism, and this is way back in 2020, so this is three years ago, if I could find a church that was outspoken on transgenderism, LGBTQ, and abortion, I felt pretty certain that this was a church that would be solid in other ways as well. And just so I'm explicitly clear on this, I'm not saying that theological issues aren't important, but if you didn't grow up Christian, if you've just been baptized, if you've come from an unbelieving family, and you're just looking for a place to go and you don't know how to take apart the theological issues first, I found that cultural stances are a reliable barometer for solidity in other ways. And I want you to think about this podcast as a series of steps that you can go through for you to find your own church home. It's difficult for me to go into all this with people through DMs. It's a very individualized conversation. So I hope that by providing this resource, you can put this process into practice and find a place to go. So again, the first step is I gave you three websites to go through, CREC Churches, Nine Marks, and the Southern Baptist Convention. Those are good places to start. There may be others, but three is a good start. And then you go to the website. And on the website, you should be able to find a statement of faith and look first to cultural issues to see if they align with what you believe. Now, in the case of CREC churches, I went to their website and I have it pulled up here. They have a statement in response to the Obergefell decision, which all the CREC churches, I guess, signed to in 2015. And so the Obergefell decision was a decision that legalized same-sex marriage at the level of the Supreme Court. And so in response to that, the CREC issued a statement, which I'd like to read for you right now, just the first couple paragraphs. And this gives you an idea of what you should be looking for and probably gives you an idea of what you can expect from all the CREC churches. So now I'm quoting the website. The CREC affirms the Bible's teaching on the creation of man and woman and the establishment of the marriage relationship as only between one man and one woman. There are two sexes, male and female. We stand against all attempts to confuse the Bible's clear teaching in this area. The CREC believes that Christians who struggle with various sexual temptations should receive ongoing pastoral care, including those who are tempted to engage in sexual perversions. At the same time, we believe that any teaching that combines LGBTQ identity with identity in Christ is completely unbiblical. We believe that encouraging Christians who face certain sexual temptations to identify as lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgenders, whether in sexually active relationships or not, is unbiblical and further, that this teaching will have destructive effects in the long term, both for individuals who follow it 
and for any Christian bodies that accommodate it. So that is clear, unequivocal language that states the position of the CREC as a body. That's the kind of thing that you're looking for. Some churches will have similar statements to that. Some may even back it up with scripture verses. And generally, when you go to a church website and you see their doctrines like this backed up with scripture verses, that's a really, really good sign. Because a church that takes the time to back up their belief with actual verses of scripture is a church that will take their time to back up other beliefs with verses of scripture as well. And that's something that you can really rely on. So again, let's run through the steps real quick. You have a website that you go to to find a church in your area. You go to the church website, you look for a statement. You look for statements with language like this. It's not shrill, it's not harsh, it's very firm, and it's also loving. And it's worth noting that language like that is very difficult to achieve. So clearly a lot of thought and effort went into drafting that statement to make sure that the faithful know that they'll be protected by the body and that also people from outside the faith will not feel judged and will feel welcomed in if they're willing to check their identity at the door in the right way. And that's one of the most important principles of the Christian faith, is that anyone of any background can find salvation with repentance and belief. There are many churches you may have heard of, like the Westboro Baptist Church, that holds up very angry signs and that doesn't seem to offer repentance to anybody that actually promises God's judgment and wrath and totally misses his mercy. So you want to find church statements that balance the notion of justice with the notion of mercy. But now we're getting into theological territory. So I hope you're starting to get a sense of the process of finding a church. There are many resources available to you. There are many websites available. There are many statements available. And in fact, in many churches, you can actually go to YouTube or sermonaudio.com and type in the pastor's name and you can find their sermons. So you can do a lot of vetting up front of what the church believes simply online just to make sure that this is a good place. You want to make sure you like what the pastor is saying. You want to make sure that you enjoy their teaching. You want to make sure that it feeds you and it supports you and that you feel edified and perhaps even inspired. But inspiration should come after edification because one of the big challenges of the Christian church these days is that there are a lot of pastors that want to entertain, that want to inspire, and don't want to edify from the word. Now, hopefully, if you've gone through the process that I've outlined and visited a CREC church or a Southern Baptist church, that won't be so much of a problem. But again, you can use all these resources to check out a church online first. And I would say the most important thing is you want to listen to the pastor and make sure that they don't put you to sleep. Because if you don't enjoy a pastor's teaching and you don't look forward to going to church every week, it's going to be very hard to get you to go. If you have only one option in your town and the pastor isn't really great, it's better that you go to that one option than not at all. But if you have a number of choices in your city or your town and they're all roughly equidistant to you, find the pastor that you enjoy listening to the most from the church that has the strongest statement of faith. This is like a sifting process to make sure that you end up in the place that's right for you. And before we go a little bit further, I just need to let you know that I'm putting the trust for discernment in your hands. What I don't want you to do is just do what I tell you and end up at the first place that you go to. Please keep your critical faculties open. Please ask questions. Please be attentive to what you're doing because choosing a church home is a significant commitment. Don't treat this lightly. Make sure that you bring your full effort to it because it's a little bit like a marriage. Becoming part of a church is not something that it should be easy to change, and it's not something that it is easy to change. For those of you who have been listening to my podcast, you know that my friends at Spirit Dream up in Idaho were the ones who baptized me, and they gave me a really good piece of advice. They said, Will, there will be something wrong with every church. So when you find a church that you like, eat the meat and spit out the bones. And what they mean by that is 
you just kind of accept that there are going to be things about any church that you're going to love and things that you're not going to like so much. But just because you find something you don't like at a church doesn't mean that you should leave. Because if you find something at a church you don't like, and then you go to another church, chances are you're going to find something at that church that you don't like, and then move to another, and then to another, and never settle in a church home. So engage with this process thoughtfully and make an intelligent decision that this is a church that you like and that you want to become a part of, and make a commitment to engage with this process thoughtfully, especially before taking this next step. Because the final step is how to bring the principles of the Renaissance into the church that you're being a part of. Now, this is a very sensitive set of topics because many of them involve questions that some churches just haven't asked. And so what I don't want is that I don't want any of these questions to be reasons for you not to go to a church that you find if you have a limited number of churches in your area. However, if I didn't bring them up, I wouldn't be the man that I am. And my hope is that by raising these questions, I can facilitate this dialogue throughout Christendom because if you've listened to this podcast for any more than a few minutes, you know how important these questions are and they have to do with women and accountability. Why? Because feminism has been spreading throughout American culture for the past 150 years and it's creeped into almost every nook and cranny of every institution in the country. In fact, it almost has. It has also crept into churches. And one of the things that can be a good predictor for whether a church is going to go woke is if it's willing to check the emotional impulses that many women have towards inclusion. Now, this is not a judgment statement about women. Women's inclusive instincts facilitate child rearing. It's a very important instinct that women have. We can call it empathy. Empathy is the ability to put yourself into someone else's shoes and imagine how they must be feeling. It's a very powerful skill. It can also be weaponized against women to cultivate their empathy, to constantly be thinking about how the stranger outside feels and never thinking about how the person inside their own house feels. This is how empathy gets weaponized both within churches and families and the government and society at large. Now, what can check women's empathy? It's only men's rationality. This is how God designed men and women, men to be rational, women to be empathetic, and with the combined efforts, we can make smart decisions. But we live in a world where empathetic feelings are prioritized over rational decision-making, and so that's why we live in upside-down land. Now, it's one thing if within a house, a husband can't check his wife's empathy, this is how you end up with transgender kids. There are many such cases of this. The poor transgender people are so oppressed, we need to persecute our own child in order to make it right. And the reason why that happens is that the father isn't strong enough to check his wife's empathetic emotional reactions, and instead, they end up with a sterilized child. Now, that's in a home. If you've gone through the process I've outlined, you're probably not going to get too many trans kids in your church, and praise God and hallelujah for that. But within the church, there also has to be the ability to check women's empathy to make sure the preservation of masculine Christian doctrine is upheld. And next week, I'm going to be interviewing Zach Garris, the author of Masculine Christianity. His book lays out exactly why Christianity is a masculine religion and refutes the complementarians and egalitarians who start talking about things like women can be pastors, women can teach men, etc. That's masculine Christian doctrine that needs to be protected 
from women's emotionality and their emotional reactions. And again, this isn't to incriminate women's emotions. It's to say that they've been weaponized against them. And they've been weaponized against communities, weaponized against institutions, weaponized against men, and weaponized against American culture in general. This is why Ben Shapiro said, facts don't care about your feelings. We live in a feeling-centric culture, and it's running our country off the rails. It must be checked by strong, confident, masculine men, and it must be checked at the highest level from the pastor. If a pastor is not willing or able to do that, it is entirely possible that wokeness will creep into the church eventually. And so I have a sequence of questions that you can use to discern whether a church will be able to handle this set of issues, which I consider the frontier of American civilization, because feminism is really the last idol that has to be smashed in this country. And you want to make sure that that idol is not present within your church. Again, if you live in a one-church town, a church is better than no church. But if you're going to a couple different churches and one of them feels a little funny and you can't quite put your finger on why, it may be that these questions can help answer that for you. So here are the three questions. The first question is, do women sin? The second question is, do women sin against men? And the third question is, are you capable of holding women accountable for sin? It's really important that the pastor not hesitate on even one of those questions. If he does, that would be something to look into. Because here's what you want to have happen. You say, do women sin? Yes. Do women sin against men? Yes. Are you capable of holding women accountable for sin? Yes. Boom. That's a good church. That's a good set of answers. If you get a man that hesitates at any point along that chain, feminist ideology is somewhere in there. Obviously, any pastor worth his salt will answer immediately that women sin. That's pretty obvious. But many of them haven't really taken the time to think about that women do actually sin against men. In many cases, as you might have heard of my Eric Kahn reel, many people actually believe that the greatest sin a woman can commit is not having enough self-esteem. That's a real thing. So when you confront people with the reality that women can induce sin against men, as we talked about with David Edgington in his book, The Abusive Wife, when you confront people with that, it makes people with feminist ideology really uncomfortable. But even if someone gets through that point, you can get to the last question, are you capable of holding women accountable for sin? That is the point where the real masculinity of a pastor will be tested. The answer to that question should be an immediate yes, because the pastor is there to promote God's law, not to advance feminism, and not to make sure that women feel okay. You don't want to go to a church where its sole focus is making you feel okay. And my hope is if you go back and listen to every pastor I've ever interviewed, they have all said things that make men and women both feel not okay. Because the point, again, is not to feel good. The point is to grow spiritually. The point is to grow in truth and to be free from error and grow in sanctification and regeneration. And a huge part of that is repentance from sin. And there are lots of churches that will hold men accountable for their sin and demand that they repent and overlook women and their sin. And I would not be the man that I am if I did not tell you to watch out for that and be very, very sensitive to it and to ask intelligent, pointed questions to find out if that's the case. So you can think about the process so far as going from a big funnel and narrowing it down to one choice. Again, I can't stress this enough. I know I sound like a broken record. If you have one church in your town, and it's a good church with a good statement of faith, go to that church. 
Don't use anything I've said as an excuse not to go to that church. But if you live in a city, if you have options, if there are a couple different churches you're trying to decide between, use this whole process. One, visit one of the three websites that I listed. Two, find the church nearest to you. Three, look at their statement of faith. Four, listen to their pastor's sermons. Make sure that they're edifying. Make sure that they're interesting to you and make sure that they feed you and that you can engage with him. Five, sit down and talk with the pastor. Find out what they're about and make sure, six, that you ask those three questions if you have any doubt if he can hold people accountable. And I want you to know this holds true for women too. Women, if you're listening, I know that many of you are, what you don't want is to be in a church where a pastor cannot hold you accountable. You don't want to be in a marriage like that. You don't want to be in any situation like that. Lack of accountability is not good for anybody. Someone's ability to hold you lovingly accountable is how they help you grow. That's true in your home. That's true in your family. That's true in your workplace. And it's true in your church. I know you know that's true. And what you want to be able to find is men who can do that for you in a way that honors you, that isn't oppressive or demeaning or disrespectful, but that can calmly and clearly show you error so that you can be corrected and live in a more godly way. It's so important. Very few people talk about it. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to find your way into a church that will give you that gift of strength. I want you to find your way into a relationship that will give you that gift of strength. And the two are very, very parallel. And my sincere hope and prayer is that if you have the opportunity to go through that entire process, you will have done your due diligence to find a church home that's suitable for you and that will help you in growth and will help you in godliness and will help you build a solid household and family for the generations. And before I wrap up, I just want to show you that I'm not the only one thinking about these things. I'm not alone and I'm definitely not crazy. Well, I might not be crazy, but one of my good friends just moved back to the United States and was interviewing at a church and presented the pastor of this church with the following seven questions. He did this process in his own way, and you'll see in the questions many of the same themes that I've talked about through this presentation. So I'm going to read you the seven questions right now. You can even steal these questions. I asked him, you can write these questions down and you can send them to the pastor as you do your own interview. It is absolutely appropriate to be asking these questions of the man and church that is going to spiritually shepherd you. It's absolutely appropriate for you to make sure that you and your pastor's beliefs align so that you can commit yourself into the trust of that environment. So here are the seven questions. One, do you hold to a post-millennial eschatology? Two, do you hold to a complementarian or biblical patriarchal understanding of the nature of gender and gender roles? Three, what is your stance on social justice? Four, do you have any stance on the recent debate of theonomy and Christian nationalism? Five, do you affirm that homosexual attraction is sinful and not merely the act of sodomy as only sinful? Six, did your church provide any resources for church members regarding religious vaccine exemptions during the pandemic? If not, do you wish that you had? Seven, are you willing to hold women accountable for sins common to their natures and call them to repentance to the same degree that you do to men? Now, my friend who sent this to me went through this process completely independently of me talking about these issues with him. This was his own determination for how he could approach a church and find a place to call home. So it's appropriate for you to ask these questions. In fact, the church resources for the pandemic and vaccine exemptions is an excellent question that I didn't even think of. And I love, if not, do you wish that you had? 
The key thing to note about these questions is that they're intended to pull sharp focus on these issues. For example, do you hold to a complementarian or biblical patriarchal understanding of the nature of gender and gender roles? That question alone will tell you a lot. I also really like how what is your stance on social justice is completely open-ended, and it creates a space for the person answering to step into and reveal their cards. And I really like the phrasing of his final question, which I align with, are you willing to hold women accountable for sins common to their natures and call them to repentance to the same degree that you do to men? All in all, I would say this is a pretty based collection of questions, and it is absolutely within your right to ask them. So I hope those questions illustrate for you the power of the discussion that can be had, and I hope this entire process illustrates for you how to think about finding a church, and I hope that you can use this process to find a place that you want to call home. Because again, I'm not your pastor, I'm just a podcast host. What I would like you to do is to find a church with a pastor as excellent as many of the men that I've interviewed. And don't worry, not every pastor has a giant YouTube presence. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of excellent pastors in America that have small churches that don't invest time, resources, or energy in giant media productions like the team at Christ Church or Apologia does. There are thousands of faithful pastors all throughout the country that are building up the kingdom, and you can use this process and these questions to find the one that works for you. So, before I wrap up, I just want to give a couple shout-outs to my sponsors. First of all, big shout-out to Reformation Coffee. Pastor Brandon Lansdowne, hopefully he's listening to this. He just made a major announcement. Reformation Coffee is going to be supplying all of the coffee for Grace Agenda up in Christchurch at the start of August. Hundreds of pounds of coffee, something like that, for the entire weekend. Thousands of people. It's an enormous development for him and the company. And we all get to say we knew about them before they were cool. So I ordered my coffee last week to get it in before the big Grace Agenda rush. So you might want to go to ReformationCoffee.com right now and enter the code SUBFREE for one free 12-ounce bag with your new monthly subscription. And maybe, just maybe, he'll be able to get it out to you before he drives up to Moscow, Idaho with a trailer full of coffee. So once again, big congratulations to Brandon and Reformation Coffee and the entire Reformation Coffee team. I could not be more excited for them. I might just have to sneak up to Moscow to have a little coffee myself and say hello. But again, go to ReformationCoffee.com, enter the code SUBFREE for one free 12-ounce bag of coffee with your new subscription. And I definitely want to let you guys know about the Courtship Network. The Courtship Network is a new online dating platform meant to cut through all the noise of dating apps and connect people interested in going about a more traditional way of courtship and marriage. Now, I've been on a couple different dating sites in the Reformed faith. I've also been on a secular site, Hinge, and I've got to tell you, the Courtship Network is absolutely blowing them all away. I'm so impressed with the quality of men and women in there, the high character they're exhibiting, the level of dialogue, and the seriousness with which they're taking this. I've also got to give a big shout out to the Courtship Network team. They really thought through all the details. I was hoping they would, and they super delivered. And my experience with the Courtship Network over the past couple of weeks has been nothing short of exceptional. I'm very happy with what they're doing there, and I'm very pleased to be an affiliate for the Courtship Network. You can go to thecourtshipnetwork.com slash men and sign up through my affiliate link and become a part of it. Also, members of the council will get a special verified badge. So if you want to jump inside the council, go to renofmen.com slash council and sign up, and then you can register into the Courtship Network, and you can get a special badge letting everyone know that you're with me. 
I think that's a pretty cool bonus. One of the big challenges I know everyone is facing right now is finding a partner, courting, and getting married. And so as a man engaging with that process myself, I definitely recommend the Courtship Network wholeheartedly, and I'm not just saying this. And men, if you're listening, apparently there's also a shortage of men in the app. I think I saw a statistic that said it's two-thirds women right now. So if you're looking for women, that would be the place to go. So if you're a single guy, no matter if you're in America or elsewhere around the world, go to thecourtshipnetwork.com slash renofmen and sign up. And I look forward to seeing you in there. So thank you all for joining me for this first episode of Ask Me Anything. This is going to be a weekly podcast to go along with my interviews. I had a guest cancel on me last minute. So you get an extended Ask Me Anything this week. But I thought this topic was important enough for me to spend some time engaging with, and I hope it's been helpful for you. So see you next week, and thanks so much for listening to this first episode of Ask Me Anything. episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.